Welcome to Newbridge Crescent Community, a place we experience perfection unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Join us as Pastor David Ogenero teaches and divides the word of truth. Be blessed as you listen to the sermon. In Christ, we are God's new breed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, we are learning, gradually we are learning to follow the Spirit. It takes some level of um, unconventionality of heart to follow the Spirit. Many times, what you want to do is not what he wants to do. <laughs> so you, you have to train yourself to pay attention to those inward vibrations, those inward nudgings of the spirit. I want to encourage you, don't, don't be the kind of Christian who just wants to be there. Let me just let me just do now. No. If there's any time Christianity or Christians should arise to taking their faith very serious is now. Because unconsciously the world is looking at us. We are the only hope they have. You know, a time got, they got a point in Israel and they said, is there not a bomb in Gilead? At the point they went and started asking their fathers, what of all the miracles that we heard that our fathers saw in the land of Egypt? Now is the time. Praise the Lord. And this is why if there's any time we must pay attention to what do we really have in Christ? This is the time we must pay attention to what does the gospel of Christ offer me? Because this gospel is good news. How does that gospel affect me? If there's any time to be established in it, is now. Praise the Lord. Last week, we began teaching on the good news in the ascension of Christ. Today, we are going to conclude it by God's grace. And next week, Sunday, we'll move into something else. Last week, we, we covered the fact that we said, why should we study the gospel in the ascension? We said, number one, the Messianic, the prophecies pointed to it as the apex of Christ's work. The prophecies, the Messianic prophecies pointed to the ascension of Christ as the apex. That means the, the let me use, you don't want to use speech in that. It's a, 
That is, it was, it got to its zenith at its ascension. And one of the scriptures we looked at was Psalms 68 from verse 18. It says, Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Amen. That was also quoted in Ephesians chapter 4. From verse 8, it says, Wherefore is yet when he has stood up on high, he led captivity captive. Also, we saw Psalm 110, verse 1 to 2. Please, I think you should pay attention to this Psalm 110 because we'll come back to it. It says, Psalm 110, from verse 1. It says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now, verse 2 says, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion, rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. You see, this was talking about Christ's ascension, how he will sit on the throne. We will talk about the rod of strength as we go on in this teaching. Praise the Lord. You see, for the prophets to talk about it, that means it was a major part of the good news. We mentioned that. Then we also mentioned that the gospel in Christ's ascension reveals the present revelation position of the spirit about Christ. Remember we said that. That the gospel in Christ's ascension reveals the present revelation position of the spirit about Christ. And I said, as much as God wants you to understand his incarnation, his death, his burial, his resurrection, much more, God wants you to understand and comprehend the revelation of his ascension because his ascension reveals the life of Christ now. Praise the Lord. The ascension does what? Reveals the life of Christ now. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. And we looked at 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 15 to 16. It says, from verse 15, it says, And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Verse 16, Wherefore know we no man after the flesh? Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. That means after Christ died and rose from the grave, we don't know Christ again after the flesh. According as it were, according to this verse, it is as though we progress in our knowledge of Christ. We progress from knowing him in the flesh, knowing him on how he was in the flesh. But when he died and rose again, our, our revelation must move beyond what he was in the flesh to what he is now. Praise the Lord. He says, you don't know him after the flesh again, but what he is in the spirit. That's why he said in the next verse, because if you look at that verse properly, you begin to ask yourself, is he talking about Christ or is he talking about us? Let's look at that verse. 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 15. It says, And that he died for all, that they which live... I think we still have our Bibles available. Let's just... If. 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 15.
2 Corinthians 5 verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. <laughs> so, as it were, I thought it looks like he was talking about us, right? That because he died for us and rose again, we should not live unto ourselves. Verse 16 now says, Wherefore, henceforth, no we no matter after the flesh. So, it looks like he's talking about us. Because he's actually doing talking about us. Wherefore, we don't know anybody after the flesh. Because, now, the man there is referring to those of us who are in Christ. Are you following this? So there's no we no man after the flesh. He now says, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Are you talking about us? Or are you talking about Christ? He's actually talking about us and Christ. Because, see, remember we talked about the new covenant before, that we are, he made sure he was one with us. Are you seeing this? So that his death was reckoned to us as though we died. Praise the Lord. So, if Christ is no more known after the flesh, we are no more known after the flesh. Amen. So, because he died and rose again, we cannot interpret him just based on what he was in the flesh, but who is he, who he is in the spirit. So also, we too in Christ, we cannot be interpreted just who we are now in the flesh. But once we believe in him, we become different people. That's why the next verse now says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, who is following this? Verse 17. It says, If any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But my point here is that it says, Because Christ died and rose again, we don't, our revelation of Christ must move beyond what it was in the flesh. And now, okay, he rose up from the grave. Was he moving around after he rose up? After he rose up, he ascended. So, our revelation must now move into his ascension because that's the present revelation position of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. It's something the Holy Ghost wants to do. I'm trying to be fast with teaching. We'll just worship a little and pray. For his mercies endure it forever. Amen. For his mercies endure it forever. Amen. Glory be to God in the highest. Amen. Glory be to God in the highest. Amen. For his mercies endure it forever. Amen. For his mercies endure it forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then we talked about the glory of his ascension. We talked about the two ascensions. And we began to list out what is the gospel or the good news in Christ's ascension. And we said, number one, our sins were purged at the justice system of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our sins were what purged at the justice system of God. We read Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 3. It says, Who being the brightness of his glory 
an express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself bought our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I read, we also looked at Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11. It says, but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands that to sin out of this beauty, not by the blood of goats and calf, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place. Somebody say once. Into the holy place. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Praise the Lord. So we receive the eternal redemption once by the blood of Jesus Christ. Just the same way in the Old Testament when they killed cows and goats and all of that. When the blood was accepted in the, the, the Holy of Holies in the temple by the high priest. That once the blood was accepted, it meant that the people outside have been purified. It means their sins have been covered for that one year. So also, and I know, like I said, that blood was usually for one year. So they'll take a lamb or cow for whatever that has a life of one year. That has lived for exactly one year and they'll shed that blood. And that blood will atone for them for just one year. But you see, the life of Christ was eternal. Praise the Lord. Christ was God in the flesh. So the life of, you know the Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. So the life of Christ was was represented in that blood. Praise the Lord. So that blood that was shed in heaven for us actually represented the fact that because of that blood that was shed for us, our sins have been washed forever. Somebody say amen. Amen. Glory. My sins have been washed forever. So now, where did this happen? This happened in heaven. The Bible says, let's go back to that. Let me read that Hebrews chapter 9. It says, neither by the blood of chapter 9, from verse 12. It says, neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place. Say after me, once into the holy place. Having, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So, this thing happened in in heaven, in the holy place in heaven. So that means before God right now, a person who believes in Jesus Christ, his sins are, are not counted against him. God sees you with the lens of Jesus Christ. Say after me, have eternal redemption. You know, then the next verse, verse 13 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offer himself without spots to God, put your conscience from dead works? What he's trying to say here is, in the Old Testament, that blood was good enough for the purifying of their flesh for the time being. How much more the blood of Christ? Holy Spirit goes to work. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. You know that that thing is is far more deeper than that. Let's not press into it. You know, actually, the spirit moves in the direction of blood. Even when you look at the world's way of doing things. No, there is nothing in that kingdom learned that you don't learn from. People ask themselves, why is it that 
in almost every culture, there is some sort of sacrifice. The kind of blood that goes into that that is being shed determines the kind of spirits that go to work. It seems as though for them to invoke uh, the, 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 the spirit realm, there has to be some sort of blood. But the blood that was shed was the blood of God Himself. So it is the eternal spirits. It is above. Now, this thing should tell you something. No people may say and uh, they did a, 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 a manipulation against you. They used blood. They used somebody's head. They used. They killed an animal. They buried somebody alive. See, the blood of Christ is the blood of the eternal spirit. The spirit that is behind that blood is more powerful than any other human bloodshed. Do you understand? It, it, was, it was God's logic. It was the smartest move ever. By the authority in Christ, that blood can silence any other blood. Are you following me? They may say, oh, they raised up an altar, a juju altar or something, and they, they poured blood on it. The blood of Christ, I follow this, has the power to surmount and swallow up whatever it is. Praise the Lord. Chapter me, I've been purified. I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. So how much more, Hebrews 9 verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spots to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Praise the Lord. Now let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 11. Hebrews 10 verse 11. It says, And every high priest standeth daily, every high priest standeth daily and offering so oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, verse 12, but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Say amen. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Do you remember where we read in Psalms 110? It says, sit on my right hand and I make your enemies thy footstool. See, he's making reference to it again now. He says, from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Verse 14. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. So those of us who believe in him, we have been sanctified. And by that blood, we are perfected forever. Somebody say amen. amen. So by the blood of Jesus, in the sight of God, in fact, see, if there is any place perfection should be attained, it's not before God. If God calls you perfect, know that. Every other person's opinion is irrelevant. So he's saying, by the blood of Jesus Christ, God called you perfect. God perfected everyone who is sanctified, who believes in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that you have been perfected by the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Number two, we said we receive authority over all things in his name. Second gospel, second good news, we mentioned 
And you will see that in reading Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 3 to verse 4. It says, Who being the brightness of his glory, and express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, this is Hebrews 1 verse 3. When he had by himself washed our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, For unto which, verse 5, it says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee, and again I will be a father, and again I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth the first begotten into the world, he said, Let the angels of God worship him. Praise the Lord. Now, jump to verse 13. All of this is talking about is about his ascension. Are you following this? Jump to verse 13. He says, But to which of the angels said at any time, Sit on my right hand. Until I make that enemies die, footstool. Let me tell you what's actually going on in the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews was trying to prove to the to the church in the Hebrew church that Jesus is better. Do you know why? These Hebrew guys, they were undergoing persecution. And many of them were at the point where that to choose between Judaism or Jesus. What is Judaism? Abraham, just the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. The practice, people still practice the Old Testament. They pray in the name of Abraham, they still keep blood and all of those things. That's what the Hebrew church was doing. So, the writer of Hebrews was trying to explain to them that Jesus is better. So, he would say, now, those people, they believe a lot in angels. They believe in the cherubic, they honor but they even worship angels. So, this first part, he goes, the writer goes deep into what happened in Christ's ascension and is now relating it to the Hebrew scriptures. So, they're not like, okay, it's true. In Psalm 110, we saw where the Lord said unto my Lord, sit on my right hand, who was that Lord? The writer of Hebrews is saying that Jesus was that Lord. So it's not telling them that, okay now, to which of the angels did you see at any time? He said, sit at my right hand and I make your enemies a footstool. And they're like, no, no. Are, are you following this? He says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be heads of salvation? So he knocks out that point. Now Jesus is better than the angels. So you see him saying, verse 4, being made so much better than the angels. You see that expression there? Being made so much better than the angels, as by as inheritance he has obtained a more excellent name than they. Say amen. Praise the Lord. So that name was the symbol of his authority. When then we looked at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. From verse 8. The Bible says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him. Oh, praise the Lord. 
Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Praise the Lord. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name that, that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of things in heaven. Of things in earth. And things on that yet. And we said for that, for him to use that expression, God has given him a name which is above every name. That means in this kingdom, in the spirit, there are other names. Name, names actually symbolize authority. If you watch films in all those days, those uh, medieval films, you will see someone come to the gate of the city and say, in the name of Emperor Caesar, in the name of Pontius Pilate, whatever. When he calls that name, everyone like, oh, ah, that's the power behind this guy. You will never see the person that actually has that name come and say, you will never see Caesar go to another gate and say, in the name of Caesar. It's people that go in his name. Follow. Jesus Christ receiving the name was not for himself. Who is following what I'm saying? That name that he received when God highly exalted him, the name he was receiving was for us. Who is understanding what I'm saying? Wherefore God has highly exalted him. See, the name that Jesus Christ received was not for himself. Because he already he was already in heaven. He's going to heaven. We need a name here to enforce his authority here. Praise the Lord. Just like the, the emperor doesn't need his name to enforce authority in his palace. It's people that need his name outside the palace. Praise the Lord. And more so, if you look at it, Christ is the head of, of the church. We are his body. The name of the, of the head is the name of the body. So if the head receives the name, the body has actually received the name. So actually in the spirit, we are named after his name. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1 to corroborate what I've been saying. Ephesians 1. From verse 18 it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened as you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the sense. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, the strengthening which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world and also in that which is to come now and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of over all things to the church what is he trying to say there he's trying to say everything that Christ received in his ascension was not for him was for the church are you seeing this it says and gave him to be the head over all things why was he the head over all things because of the church so, if God exalted him, gave him to be the head of all things, because right now, we, 
are the fullness of him. He is the head and we are his body. So, if God is making him to be the head over all things, he's giving all things to the church. Somebody say, glory! glory. And put and I put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. So when God highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, that name was given to the church. Praise the Lord. Yeah. It was the authority. It was the signet of authority given to the church. So the church with the name of Jesus can enforce authority. I believe Jesus had taught the apostles. Because the Bible says he stayed with them for 40 days. Teaching them things pertaining to the kingdom. Look at their language. You will know that something had changed. When they got to the, that, that beautiful gate and met that man, they said, such as we have in the name of Jesus. It was as though they knew it was an instrument. It was as though it was a tool they were carrying around. We have something in the name of Jesus. Tell me I have something. In the name of Jesus. So that was what we looked at last week. The name of the head is the name of the body. The, the name has been given to us. Let me tell you something. These type of teachings are things that are supposed to be. You know, computer scientists will tell you that in a system, that's what they call background programs. They are running. As you start your system, they are running. You can go to processes and just see some processes that they are there constantly running. These are things that are supposed to be locked as background. You get consciousness running as programs inside the mind of the Christians. That I have something. See, if you are not conscious about it, it will affect even the way you pray. You are praying for the sick. Some people, they end prayers in Jesus' name because that's how to end prayers. They are not conscious that this is what makes it power. Are you following me? They are not conscious that as I'm releasing the name of Jesus, I am given a power. And, and see, it's even just more about men. It's, it's even more than just mentioning the name. It's a consciousness. Are you following this? It's a consciousness. Because if you check Philippians 2, he didn't say that at the mention of the name of just every new bar. He said at the name. Let's look, let's look at it. Philippians 2. From verse 8. Sorry, from verse 9 to verse 10. It says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Did you see that expression? At the name of Jesus. Say after me, I bear his name. Wherever I go, his name goes. I carry his name. I carry his seal upon my heart. Wherever I go, his name goes. Praise the Lord. Colossians 3 verse 17 also adds to this. Colossians 3. 
this particular verse not in my manuscript. I, I, I felt I should add it. Now look at verse 16 to verse 17. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Verse 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Are you seeing this? Do all in the name of Jesus. That means if you are going out, you go out in the name of Jesus. But you see, is he telling you that as you are going out now, you say, I'm going out in the name of Jesus. That's great. Because that will help you reinforce the consciousness. But what is saying there is, live in the consciousness that you are in his name. You carry his name. You are named after his name. Do you understand? For instance, now, this is my leg. My leg does not have a different name outside David. <laughs> this is David's leg. So this is David. As you move, you are extensions of Christ. Chapter me, my life is an extension of Christ. Wherever I go, Christ has come. This is the content that you carry when you pray for the sick. We will pray for the sick today. And they will be healed. Amen. That was the second thing we looked at. So let's ask something else. We have two of them. Two of them. And we begin to pray. Number three was in Christ's ascension he resumed his priestly ministry over us. Hebrews chapter 4 Hebrews 4 from verse 14 Hebrews 4 from verse 14 Remember I, I, I said these things are things that are supposed to be they are supposed to be running in your consciousness. As a Christian, they are supposed to be. It's supposed to be things you. Oh. Uh. Remember, I've said it before that there are times I ask myself, when a believer is going to start living the Christian life the way God wanted, wants, intended, or wanted us to live. Hebrews 4 from verse 14. He says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. I, I, do you see that? Seeing then that we have a, a high priest that is passed into the heavens. Look at that expression, passed into the heavens. That's the ascension there. That means you can, you are not, what it's trying to tell you is that when you decide to follow the Lord, your life changes, your life, your, your profession changes. But you can hold fast to it because you are not alone. Are you following this? You are not just, you know, when you transfer a man to a particular place, when a company transfers a man to a place, that man is not alone. There is a command tower that is responsible for that man. Do you understand? There is a, there is a headquarters responsible for that man. When your company transfers you from their Lagos headquarters to, to Abuja office, you are, not, you are not just there alone. There is a command tower. So he's telling you, when you receive faith in Christ, 
Don't forget that you have a high priest that is passing to the heaven. There is a high priest over what you are doing. Are you following me? There is a high priest watching over your life. Because of that, hold fast to your profession. Praise the Lord. Satan, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. There is a high priest over my life. He resumed his priestly office when he passed into the heavens. Just pray in tongues right now. Reko sikatamane. Oh, there's a high priest. There's a high priest. Seeing that we have a high priest that is passed into the heavens. I hold fast the profession of my faith. I hold fast the profession. Glory, I hold fast. Praise the Lord. You know, people have said many years ago that that thing there was not profession, it's confession. It's profession. That word profession was intentionally used. When a man is a doctor, in his, in his room is a doctor. He does not enter his room and is no longer a doctor. The profession is his life. Do you understand? See, now we have a great high priest that is passed to the heavens. Hold fast! Because when you become a Christian, your Christianity is your life. It is your profession. You are it, it is you. You cannot separate it from everything anything you do. Yes. So I have a high priest. Now, see verse 15. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched by the, with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So he's going to further to explain to you that your high priest is not oblivious about what you are going through. Your high priest is not unaware about what you are going through. He says, but we have not an high priest which cannot be touched. So, you know, people used to say, all these temptations that somebody is facing, and you had those God seeds. God knows when you are tried, when you tried to fast and could not fast. God knows when the person was tempted and he fell for the temptation. God knows when. He made a way of escape for the person not to commit sin and the person said, I must do this sin. <laughs> so he will come back and tell you, love not the world. Love not. The issue here is you are loving it. God knows when a person was tempted beyond what, do you understand what I'm trying to say? He knows when this thing was bigger than you. That's why no matter what you are, you are going through, talk to the Lord. Let me tell you, it's a, this is a training. You want to grow spiritually. Learn to talk to Jesus. Tell him, Father, see him. As he stands now, there's no money with me. No bad in my pocket. No robbers did yet. Oh Lord, I trust you. You will see that when you start talking to the Lord like that, Unconsciously, faith will start building your heart. I didn't say complain, I said talk. <laughs> because of you. I don't even know why this thing is like this thing. 
You know, there's a reason why we complain, complain. Sometimes I used to wonder, how does God? How does God? Is as if God, how does God process those prayers in terms of complaint? This is somebody who complained. Michael, who is that? Say, is that it again? Say, oh, I thought that was. She has done it again. Praise the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Verse 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all point tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly. You see this. Because he was, he has gone through, he understands what you are going through. He says, Come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He calls his throne the throne of grace. I, I've seen this. It says, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we, that we will obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, the reason why we can go boldly to the throne of grace is because our high priest, look at what he's trying to say. Our high priest, relax. He's saying, your own high priest is the one on the throne. How will you go to the government house? Hmm? If you know it, if it's your brother, that is the governor. You go boldly, right? Because now, he better all shows you that this high priest is your high priest. Then he's saying that this your high priest is the one on the throne. So because of that, you can come boldly. Do you, do you see that? So because he's your high priest, you're already connected to him. But he's not, he's not just your high priest, he's the high priest on the throne. I see this. Even say sometimes, just because they invited your brother to the government house, because your brother is going to be speaking there and they give you a special invite, you just you, you just cack up like this. When the bouncer says, you say, I have a special invite. Because your own brother is the one that is speaking, you can come boldly to that meeting. So now we say that your high priest is the one on the throne. Praise the Lord. Because of that, you can come boldly. Glory! Come boldly. Your high priest is the one on the throne of grace. So whatever you need, just go boldly to the throne of grace. In this in this context, what the the context is used there was the context above sin. I am following this. If you need the grace to live above sin, go to that. Go to your high priest who is on the throne of grace, and you will find grace to help in time of need. Praise the Lord. He's the one that dispenses grace. He's the one on that throne that, that releases grace right now. So you can go to him boldly. Say amen. amen. Say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Sit on this high priest. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 5. For those following online, do well to respond, send comment. As you are following the service, put up your comment on Mixer on Instagram Live. Just put up your comments. Just you can write the glory to them. Amen. You can write the amen. Write it there. Comment. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 5. It says, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. But he that said unto him, Thou art my son. 
Today have I begotten thee. Let's look at this. Hebrews 5 from us. Now, what is he trying to do? Oh, do I have time to explain this to you? Let me just read a little bit so that you get it. It says, for Hebrews 5 from verse 5, it says, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. All of this talk, now remember, I told you it was proven to the, to the Hebrew church, right? That Jesus is better. In the Hebrew culture, they had a high priest. So he's not using that thing to explain to them how Christ became our own high priest and how the priesthood of Christ is stronger than their own priesthood. Praise the Lord. It says, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for men. Who can have compassion on the ignorance? Oh. And on them that are out of the way. For he that he himself is also compassionate infirmity. And by reason thereof, as for the people, he also for himself to offer sins. And no man taketh his honor unto himself, but he that is called of God as was Aaron. So also, do you see that now? Just the same way Aaron was called of God, it says, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he said also in another place, Thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Let's not go into this Melchizedek. This Melchizedek is tempting me to just talk about Melchizedek. Not today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. Now, the question we are going to ask is, at what point did, did God tell Jesus, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee? Are you following me? Are you following me? So, he said that Christ not glory. Now, take note of that word. Take note of that word. Christ glorified not himself. Mark that word glorified, not himself, to be made an high priest. And also mark that word, thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. So, at what point, let's answer the first one. At what point did God tell Jesus, this day have I begotten thee? Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 from verse 32. Acts 13 from verse 32. It says, And we declare unto you glad tidings. Acts 13 verse 32. It says, And we declare unto you glad tidings. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus again, as it is written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Are you seeing this? <laughs> I'm sure some of you may be noticing something. Are you seeing how the Bible is so interconnected? How the Bible is put together. And we declare unto you, Acts 13 verse 32, and we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, 
God had fulfilled the same unto all their children, in that he raised up just from Christ from the dead, as it is also written, that was in the second time, that was my son, this day I have begotten you. So that that was my son, this day I have begotten you. In as much as it was a statement, it was actually an act. It was actually when God was pulling him from the grave. That's why we actually have that word born again. Because when Christ was raised from the grave, God as it were was producing a new son to begin a new order of sons. Are you following this? So, when he was bringing from the grave, he was saying, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. So, at his resurrection, that was when God had begotten thee. That was the same time the, the coronation process to him to be made a high priest began. Praise the Lord. Okay. I brought up that for a reason. As we study, you'll see why I brought it up. Stay on the issue of the high priest. Go to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Dangerous are plenty. I will fall for it. Small, small. Amen. Now, let me talk a little about Melchizedek. Remember, do you remember you've heard of Melchizedek in the Bible, right? Where the Bible said that Abraham finished fighting and he came back with spoils and he met Melchizedek a priest of the Most High God, King of Salem. And Abraham gave him a tithe. And Abraham was blessed by him. Right? Now, the Bible also mentions that Jesus Christ was going to be made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Are you following this? So let's read the arguments the reason up here. Hebrews chapter 7 from verse 1. It says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of kings, and blessed him, to whom Abraham gave a, a tenth part of all, being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning nor beginning of days or no end of days, but made like unto the Son of God, abided a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, Unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily, they that are the sons of Levi. Now, pause. The priests in the days of Israel were children of Levi, right? That's actually Aaron's descent. It says, And verily, they that are the sons of Levi who received the office of the priesthood have the commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he, whose descent is not counted from them receiving tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. Now, what he's trying to say there is in that verse 6 is, this Melchizedek was not from Abraham. Instead of, instead he's not receiving tithes from Abraham. He says, in, your, in the time of Levi, in the, in the case of the Levi, 
The Levite is from Abraham and they are receiving tithes from their brethren. Do you understand? Because they are priests. God called them to be priests out of their brethren. So they are receiving tithes from their brethren, right? He says, but this Melchizedek, he's not from the loins of Abraham, but Abraham now is the one giving him tithes. Let's read on. He says, but he whose distant is not counted from them, received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. Melchizedek is the one that the one blessed Abraham. Are you following this? Verse 7. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. So that means Melchizedek is the better. Eh? Is the better in respect to Abraham and is the one blessing Abraham, right? It says, and without all contradiction, less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. And as I may say also, Levi who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. <laughs> See the argument. He said, even though Levi is receiving tithes as a priest, he was in Abraham as a seed. So, in Abraham as a seed, he, even though he had not yet been born, he was actually being tithes to Melchizedek. Who is understanding this? Because, because Levi is a child of Abraham, in Abraham, Levi paid tithes. Melchizedek. Do you, do you see that? Do you understand it? Now, see verse 10. See what I'm trying to say. See verse 9 to verse 10. And as I also say, Levi also who received tithes paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Do you see that? See verse 11. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, but what for that need was there that there should be another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there, there is made of necessity a change of the law. Jump to verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which the tribe of Moses speak nothing about priesthood. He said that Jesus Christ did not come from Levi. He came from Judah. And Moses said nothing about priesthood from Judah. Okay, let's read on. Verse 15. And it is yet far more evident that the similitude of Melchizedek, there rise another priest, who is made not after the law of carnal commandments, but at the power of an endless life. Remember, Christ is the one that has eternity in him, right? For he testified thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, let's jump all of that. Let's go to verse 22. In rounding up, he was saying, by so much was just made a shorty of a better testament. What is he trying to say? He's saying that if Abraham, if Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, and the old priesthood, the old priest, which was actually Levi, was in Abraham, that means Levi paid tithes to Melchizedek. And Christ is made after a priest, not after the order of Levi, but after the order of Melchizedek. That means actually Christ is the one that has a higher priesthood than the priesthood of Levi. Do you understand it now? That means his testament was of a better testament than the testament of Levi. Say amen. amen. So he resumed his priestly office in his ascension, signifying that now, right now, what we have as a high priest is nothing compared. What they have in the high priest of Levi can be nothing compared to what we have in Christ Jesus as our high priest. Glory! Glory! So, but because of this, 
Jesus is made the shorty of a better testament. Now see verse 23. And there truly were many priests. Now, he's still talking about the old priesthood. And there truly were many priests because they were not suffered. Suffered days allowed. They were not allowed to continue by reason of death. He's trying to show you how that the, the priesthood of the Levites, they had one other flaw. They could not continue, their priesthood could not last for long because of death. Are you seeing this? So any work they were doing in the lives of people, when they died, they had to look for a new priest. Now, let's talk, let's talk about Jesus. He says, And there truly were many priests, because they were not suffered, they were not allowed to continue by reason of death. But this man, he continues forever. Are you seeing this? He has an unchangeable priesthood. He's not going, he died and rose again and is not going to die again. Are you following this? So his priestly work in your life is forever. Praise the Lord. Now, he says, and there truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, he continued forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Verse 25. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost. <laughs> oh! Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What does this mean? In the Old Testament, if you are saved by the priesthood of the Levites, you are not saved to the uttermost. Because your high priest does not live forever. But this one, we are saved to the uttermost because our high priest lives forever. Say amen. amen. So in his ascension, he took up the priestly ministry that saves us to the uttermost. See, when Christ saves you, he does not save you and drop you one side. He does not save you like a like book. Okay, carry the book, keep one side. When you, see, when you are saved by Christ, you come under his intercessory work. It is his intercessory work that releases ministry to you. Every Christian you see today that maybe is struggling spiritually, as long as he believed in Jesus Christ, God will orchestrate that somehow, somehow, he will run into somebody that will start building him spiritually. Because why? God is making an intercession for him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Sometimes I have a high priest that lives forever. I have a high priest that lives forever. He's making intercessions for me. He's making intercessions for me. I am saved to the uttermost because I have a high priest that lives forever. Wherefore, he's able to save them to the uttermost. Glory! Glory! I am saved to the uttermost. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The next verse says, For such an high priest became us. He's talking about the priesthood of Christ now. Our high priest became us. Are you seeing that when I talk about oneness? Our high priest became us, who is holy. Ham, who is holy, harmless, on the path, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. Who did not daily have those high priests to, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's? For this he did once when he offered up himself. Praise the Lord. So, the gospel in his ascension is that, number three, is that he resumed his priestly ministry over us. 
Number four. In the gospel in his ascension, the gospel in his ascension is the reason why we have the Holy Spirit. John chapter 7 from verse 39. Let's not read from, let's start from verse 37. John 7 verse 37. John 7 verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 8, He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Now see the next verse. See the next phrase. Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Did you see that? Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So, according to verse 39, in his glorification is the receiving of the Spirit. Are you seeing this? It is because he was glorified and sat on the throne. That is why we can receive the Spirit. The Spirit actually is sent to enact the rulership of that throne on earth and makes your heart the command tower. So the throne of Christ is in heaven but continues on earth in the hearts of men. Are you following me? Let's look at this. Now, remember where we started from in Psalms 110. Let's go back to Psalms 110 from verse 2. From verse 1 to 2. Now, it says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. That means, this is telling you how Christ would sit at the right hand of God, right? Are we together? The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Verse 2. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. The rod of strength was actually a description of the Holy Ghost. So, it is because he had sat on the throne, the rod of his strength can come out of Zion. Praise the Lord. So, the, the, the final uh, thoughts for today on the gospel ascension is, because he ascended up, up on high, the rod of strength has come out of Zion. Therefore, we rule in the midst of our enemies. Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost is the rod of strength out of Zion because Christ has sat down on the throne in heaven. Praise the Lord. You will see that what we are talking about, they are all related. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. From verse 11. It says, And every priest, remember we talked about the high priest, right? 
So now, in chapter 10, he's also talking about the priest. It is, and every priest started daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Remember, remember where we started from that in the golden ascension, our sins were purged, right? Number two, we received the name that gave us, we received authority in his name above all things. Number three, he became, he resumed his high priest, his priestly ministry. He became our high priest. Let's go by it again. Number one was what? Our sins were purged. Number one was what? Number one is what? Our sins were purged at the justice system of Christ. At the justice of God. Number two, received authority in his name above all things. Number three, he became our high priest. And number four, we receive the Spirit. You will see that this number four of us receiving the Spirit is actually a witness to all of this. Are you following me? Let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 11. It says, And every high priest, every priest standard daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, are you following this? Sat down at the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting his enemies. Now, <laughs> to be made his footstool. Let's, let's go through it again. Proverbs 11. It says, And every priest started daily ministry and oftentimes offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But this man, after that he had offered one sacrifice for sins. Remember, our sins were purged. Are you seeing this? But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, sat down on the right hand of God. That means he received authority. Are you following this? And we are a recipient of that authority in his name. And remember, he has mentioned earlier that he became our high priest, right? Right? Because that's what the verse starts with. And every priest, for this man, for him to be, for him to put that comparison, that means he was also a priest, right? So he began our, our priestly ministry. He will resume this priestly ministry over us. Are you following this? So, so but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, sat down on the right hand of God. Say amen. amen. From henceforth, expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. For an offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. So all of us who believe in him will have been sanctified, not just sanctified, we have been perfected forever. Say amen. amen. Now, I add that here. But that's part of the blessings. Some of us have been perfected forever. Now, see this. Verse 14. He says, For by one offering he had perfected forever, then that are satisfied. Now, see verse 15. Wherefore the Holy Ghost is a witness for us. Are you seeing this? The Holy Spirit is a witness. That Holy Ghost that came after he sat down was actually the witness to make us experience on earth everything he has done in heaven. 
Okay. Let's make it more clearer now. Do you understand me to this point? Okay. Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, remember in Acts chapter 2, that was when, after Christ had gone, they had assembled and they were praying, and then the Holy Ghost came and they began to pray in tongues. Remember? Remember? The Holy Ghost came and they were praying in tongues in Acts chapter 2, and they saw people speaking in tongues, and things were happening, and they were wondering, what is happening? <laughs> then, Peter began to explain. Acts chapter 2 from verse 39. 29. Acts chapter 2 from verse 29. He says, Men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. See verse 30. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seen this before speak of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, nor that his flesh see corruption. Where is he quoting? He's quoting Psalm 16. Hold this, hold this place here. Go to Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11. Well, let me read from verse 10. It says, Psalm 16 from verse 10, it says, For thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer, suffer them is allowed. Neither would I allow that holy one see corruption. Do you see this? So, are you seeing what Peter is doing? Peter is showing you that David, in saying this thing in Psalm chapter 16, was actually talking about the resurrection of Christ. How that Christ will not be left in hell. Are you following me? So, go back to Acts chapter 2. From verse 30. It says, Therefore David, being a prophet, knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ on his throne. He seen this before spoke of the return of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This God has God raised, this Jesus has God raised up whereof we are witnesses. Praise the Lord. Now see verse 3. Therefore being at the right hand of God, exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this which ye now see and hear. Are we together? He's saying, the reason why you can see the Holy Ghost here right now is because he has been exalted. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost on ground is proof that he has been exalted. And if he has been exalted, that means my sins are involved. He has been exalted, that means we have authority in his name. If he has been exalted, that means he's my high priest. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, he says from verse 33, Therefore, being at the right hand of God, exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed for this, which he now see and hear. See verse 34. But David is not ascending to the heavens, as at that time he was not ascending to the heavens. But he said himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, remember Psalm 110. Remember where we started from. He said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, see verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that God had made that same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Remember that time where we read in 
in Philippians, it says, Wherefore God had highly exalted. It was as though that day of Pentecost coincided with the coronation service in heaven. <laughs> I, I can imagine, I can imagine what may have been happening in heaven. How all the elders may have arranged themselves. How God, all the powers of the universe and deity was put upon Christ. Are you following me? I can imagine how that ceremony must have been. Wherefore God had highly exalted him. You know, when God says something is far, your 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 perspective of far, I told you, your to you, yet to the United States is far. When God says something is far, you can imagine the eternal scope of, of perspective to it. When God now says, Wherefore the God has highly exalted him. I, I follow this. I can imagine what went on in heaven that day. How all the angels arranged themselves. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name. Do you know that the Bible says, and it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness death. Meaning, at the, at the ascension of Christ, God, God has squeezed himself. Everything about God is Jesus now. In him, rather the fullness of the Godhead, body. So right now, Jesus Christ is the complete enfolgence of the fullness and the stature of God. And he sat on the throne. And he sent a witness down to continue that, that his rulership in heaven will be felt on the earth. He did not come to build a, a, a place. Instead, he made your heart the temple. So, because he has been exalted, we have received the Spirit. Therefore, by the Spirit, we have, we have, the Spirit is now the, the, the base on which we receive the recipients of his authority. So by the Spirit, it is proved that our sins have been purged. Remember in Hebrews chapter 10, the Holy Ghost is the witness that we have been perfected forever. The Holy Ghost is, is the witness that we have received the power and authority in his name. And the Holy Ghost is witness that we have an high priest. Somebody say amen. 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 Do you understand it? Is this not good news? Somebody say, I have the Holy Ghost. Therefore, my sins have been bought. I have the Holy Ghost. Therefore, my high priest is seated upon the throne. Glory! <laughs> you know, these are spiritual realities. These are things that should be running in your mind. See, he just began to explain to them. He just began to explain to them. He says, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that that same Jesus whom you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. Bible scholars actually say there, is so, there was something called the office of the Christ, of the Christos. The office of the Christos. That's why when you study the New Testament properly, you see that Paul will go to a place and he was proving that Jesus is the Christ. So the Israelites knew that there was somebody called Christ coming. This was the one who would eventually become the fulfillment of all that God has said. So Paul was proving to them that this Jesus is the Christ. Somebody say amen. 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 So because of his ascension, you have the spirits. Because of his ascension, 
There is a high priest over your life. Jump on your feet and begin to celebrate God. Glory! I have a high priest over my life. I am saved to the uttermost. I am saved to the uttermost. I have the spirit because he has been glorified. I have the spirit because Christ has been glorified. I can hold back my profession because I have a high priest that is passing through the heavens. Just give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. Now, one more thing you need to see there is he says he will send the Lord of strength out of Zion. Rule down in the midst of thy enemies. So right now, because of the spirits, we can influence, because of the spirit, we can enact the dominion we have in his name. Are you seeing this? So the spirit is actually the rod that enacts the dominion in his name. Are you following this? So by the spirit in me, I am, a leg- I am legitimized to enact that dominion. I am legitimized to enact the dominion of Christ. Oh, begin to pray right now. I am legitimized to enact the dominion of Christ. Oh, I am legitimized to enact the dominion of Christ. By his spirit, I have the rod of his strength. Oh, shigabara dagadabalai. And now in the name of Jesus, anyone connected online who is sick, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the spirits, I command that disease to go. In the name of Jesus, I command that disease to leave. In the name of Jesus, I command that disease to cease right now. In the name of Jesus, by the spirits, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we command that disease to go right now out of your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet i command that disease every part of your body every part of your ligaments that was influenced by the spirit of darkness i command it to cease right now in the name of jesus thank you father i want you to believe it there are people listening watching online and listening online for many reasons the healing ministry is a major part of our ministry. The Bible says we will pray for the, every Christian will pray for the sick and they will recover. But the Bible also says there are the gifts of healing. Immediately after knowing the Lord and growing spiritually, the gift of healing started operating in my life. It appeared to the point where I remember one particular time in Makodi. A pastor, I don't know how he got to know, he sent me a message. He said, Last night I had a dream. He said, In that dream, God was telling me about your healing ministry. He said, I know you sing, but I did not know you have a healing ministry. I said, Well, he said, I said, I, I should tell you and remind you. In case you have forgotten, I say I have not forgotten. So everyone listening, know it in your heart. The person you are listening to is operating operate in the gift of healing. I can't remember Mr. Simbiat not around now. He came there that day saying how. In fact, that day when he came, he was just twisting his service. This whole part of his body, from his spine backwards, it was acting as though it was getting paralyzed was surging from that place and he was twisting 
So I met him after the service. I said, let's pray. Pray for him. I said, when you go eat and clean your food, pray for the food I told his instructions to make. He told me he got home. Before he could even eat, he realized that every trace of the pain has gone. Father, in the name of Jesus, everyone connected online right now, everyone here present, wherever there is pain in their body, sickness in their body, disease in their body, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. I command our pain to leave. Thank you for listening to the summer. We hope you have been blessed by the teaching. Please visit our website, newbridgeccng.org, to download more of our summons. Remain blessed.